on this week's episode, has Miss Marvel just changed the future for the MCU? How gray is the gray man on Netflix? And what caught our eyes with the Emmy nominations? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and we truly appreciate everyone listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Vampires, and Vitae. Also as well, the great folks at Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight and all the great things that are going on there. Our great games on the weekend as part of the fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook as Demolition Force comes back on Mondays, starting this Monday. So check it out indeed. Want to go ahead and give a big shout out as well to Retro City Games, who is opening up their brand new location at 213 North Stephanie Avenue in Henderson, Nevada, Spot H. Opening a big, huge new store this weekend, so go ahead and check it out if you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson area. And if you could support all of that, including everything we do at popculturecosmos.com and, of course, the number one place to go for the latest news and trends of pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. It is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is our own magical and mystical diva of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today. I'm trying to think of new things each and every week. It's getting harder and harder, I'll tell you. Just imagine how long I've been trying to do it for Josh. I know. Goodness gracious. Are you down to like best finder of change between the sofa cushions? Like, is that that how far you've gone? But when he comes back from vacation, I just might hit him up on that. So we'll see what happens there. But it is my good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Wizards and Wine vampires and vitae everything that she does for us at the pop culture cosmos it is an incredible person indeed please go ahead and support everything that she does today including the fact that she has a hit youtube video that she voices so you got to go ahead and check that out hopefully she'll drop the word on that because i tried to give her a big hint on that last week to go ahead and shout that out so hopefully she will this week it is my good friend it is melinda barkhouse ross and melinda before we start and you go ahead into shameless plug mode which only you can do i will go ahead and let you know a funny little story number one is i'm at breakfast the other day here in henderson nearby where we live both of us and i'm just having a nice breakfast with the family and i hear someone coming in for their shift and they shout out to one of the work friends hey joe did you see star trek strange new worlds yet huh strange new worlds 
Strange new worlds. She's shouting this across the restaurant. It's really good. You got to <laughs> check it out, man. Okay. Okay. Where's that? Paramount Plus. Dude, get it. Get it. And then she goes into off into work day. So that just tells you that word of mouth right there is just leading everybody into why I am saying that you have got to go ahead and check this out. I do want to mention that when we talk about the Emmy nominations, we will not talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds because it was not eligible because of its late release date. It will be eligible for next year's Emmy nominations for season one. The best thing I could correlate that to is the Emmy nominated only Murders in the Building on Hulu. That was not eligible last year because the same thing. And the reason why I got Emmy nominations is for last season, not the season that is currently ongoing right now. So I just want to clarify that. So if you hear any love for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, please go ahead and give a shout out to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm a big supporter and I know Melinda is going to get on it as the Trekkie fan she is. But my friend, just great to have you back for another awesome show indeed. Yeah, good to be back. And we are so close <laughs> to getting into Strange New Worlds. Paramount Plus, we now have access to it in our house. Can you believe it? The first thing that I did, though, was uh, fire up Star Trek Picard. Uh, season one, episode one. Robbie has some catching up to do before we can just dive into season two. So we're burning through a couple episodes a night. So we shouldn't be too... I'm going to get there, though, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. okay. Well, when you do, let me know your thoughts on it. I want to go ahead and save some space on one of our upcoming shows for that. I know it's already in the rearview mirror. We don't usually allot much time for something that's in the rearview mirror that much until the end of the year when we go over the best and the worst and all that. But I want to make sure we go ahead and share your thoughts on that because I also want to hear your thoughts on the boys on this week's episode. So we will go ahead and hear your thoughts on that. Plus, season one of Miss Marvel is in the books. So we'll talk about that. Plus, the spoilers will be out and we will tell you the major spoiler that sets up something even bigger in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And was it really done well? I have some issues with it and I'll tell you why. That's coming up in a bit. Plus, also as well, I'm going to ask Melinda if she got anything for Prime Day and what she got. Hopefully, you got a lot of great stuff out there, too, on what's for sale at Amazon Prime Day. So we'll go ahead and talk about that coming up in a bit. We're also going to be talking about Resident Evil. That series came out on Netflix. Should you care? We'll talk about that. Also, as well, what we do in the shadows, season four, the Emmy-nominated show has a new season that's out right now so we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit you know we got to talk vampires when it comes to belinda here so absolutely of course <laughs> lord of the rings the rings of power dropped a brand new trailer i don't know why they didn't do it on prime day it would have fit that amazon theme if they all did that whole thing along with prime day while you're here go ahead and check out the huge trailer for lord of the rings rings of power that would have been great but we'll talk about that and who could be the lead star of it? That's coming up on the show as well. Plus, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about The Gray Man on Netflix. That's the $200 million blockbuster directed by the Russo brothers, a.k.a. Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. And we'll talk about some it. some indie flicks you might have heard of, right? You might have heard of, but it is <laughs> dropping on Netflix this weekend. Is it worth your time? We'll give you the advanced word on what the critics are saying in regards to the gray man. That's coming up on the show. Plus other stuff, what we do 
here at the Pop Culture Cosmos as well. But first, it is Miss Marvel. Episode six dropped earlier this week, and I am going to go into spoilers on this because I really think it needs to be said because everybody's talking about it because the episode itself was pretty good. I thought the episode, it closed out the series this season nicely. I thought it put it on an upswing as far as her friend, Kamran, getting these evil powers from her mom, and he couldn't control it because it's very similar to the powers that Miss Marvel has, Kamala Khan has with her own bangle. Very similar to a cyclic, kind of like an evil version of it, and he couldn't control it, and he was causing a lot of destruction. He did at the end of episode five with Bruno's apartment and also the store underneath, blown to smithereens. But they wanted to go ahead and help him. Her, Kamala Khan, Bruno, and all of their friends got together at the local school and tried to go ahead and help Kamran escape from damage control, which is the government organization which is really not exactly on the side of superheroes. So they were really looking for him in the worst possible way. So they were looking through the mosques and then they end up in the school and the kids came up with a elaborate Scooby-Doo like plan to try and get them out and trying to get Kamran to escape. And they were trying to do everything they can to trick the damage control. I guess people are calling them stormtroopers because they shoot like stormtroopers. So I will leave it at that, but it all ended up with Kamran actually ended up, you know, not being able to control his powers. And just as he was going to get shot by damage control, Miss Marvel saves the day. She also saves an exploding car from landing on a group of people that were watching. To me, I think that it ended up in a nice fashion. But the problem comes with after everything is all decided and everything's all calm and Kamran escapes back to Pakistan, where he meets up with the Red Daggers who are going to help him try and control his powers. She sits down with her family. She comes completely clean on her powers and they realize everything that's going on. She gets her suit, the magical suit that you see in the comic books from her mom, which is a very touching scene. She also gets her name, Miss Marvel, in a conversation with her dad. The dad, the father in this whole series, I think was a really standout performer. I really, really liked his performance all the way through. The mom kind of touch and go for me there. I thought she was uh, okay in some spots, not so okay in others. She was a little bit better in the end as far as how she was acting towards Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. But before we go ahead to the end credit scene, which was a pretty good end credit scene. Actually, it's a mid-credit scene to be exact. They show her leaving her family's house after a conversation with her dad after he names her Miss Marvel. And she's all happy about the future. And then she, you go ahead and see the iconic scene that you've already seen in the trailer with her sitting atop a street light overlooking the city of New Jersey and New York and all that, that landscape. And then it cuts to a scene one week later. So one week later, Bruno and her girlfriend and her, meaning Kamala Khan, they all get together deciding who gets Kamran's car since, of course, he's in Pakistan, doesn't need his fancy new car. So they're arguing over that. Bruno comes to her and lets her know that, you know what? I know I'm going to Caltech, but I just did some research, just a little bit more research into your background, into your genetics. So one more time, I just thought I'd run it through. And I was completely wrong about what I said earlier in the series in regards to it. I think right now what I'm seeing is a mutation in your genetic code. And as soon as they said that, the theme from the animated X-Men series pops up. Do, 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 do. Okay, we get it. An we iconic, 
iconic yeah, intro. By yes, the way. we get Yeah, we get it. The introduction of an X-Men per se. The way the scene was handled, because they actually ended the season on a really good note with it going fade to black. And then I was waiting for a cut scene with Carol Danvers. Yes, we got it. That was fine. But they shoehorned the scene in there just to tell you that instead of being inhuman like she was in the comics, she's now a mutant. And I know the general audience doesn't even care or really give a darn about whether you know she's an inhuman or an X-Men or a mutant. Most general fans out there are really not sure about either. They don't really are that in tune to differences between an inhuman and mutant. I get that. But the fact that they shoehorned that last scene before the credits in there, that to me I thought was really ill-prepared. It was something like they added on like in post seemingly or they filmed it like weeks later. Just It just seemed like it was very poor choice to put it where they did. If you want to go ahead and make her a mutant, that's great. Put it somewhere in the in the episode. Let it blend in organically. Don't tack it on the end like you did. It really put a sour note as far as the season one to me on that. I don't care if she's an inhuman or a mutant. I think she's really good for the future. Kamala Khan, I'm excited to see what her future entails. Because in the mid credit scene, her bangle starts acting up. And all of a sudden, she's taken from her room. And guess who appears in her room? But Carol Danvers. So it looks like they did a body switching thing where... She is now probably on the other side of the galaxy, Miss Marvel, and Carol Danvers is here right in New Jersey. So that cutscene is good because it sets up what is going to take place in the Marvels. That's great for Captain Marvel too. But that scene where they tacked on, they it was just forced. It seemed like it was forced, and I'm really upset about that because I thought it was a bad move by Marvel. Yeah, it, it may have seemed forced, but it does also get big X-Men fans pretty amped up. You've got well, to then put that, it or right? Yeah, I, oh, and it did. And it's just getting up in arms about it. But put it in and blend it in organically in somewhere in that final episode instead of just feeling like it was tacked on on the end. That's the only problem I have. The way it was put in there was really just not a very well done maneuver. It just seemed like it was disorganized. It just seemed like Kevin Feige, after production wrapped, Kevin Feige said, oh, by the way, I think we need to drop this in. Yeah. And you know what? That That's entirely possible that it did happen. But I mean, that's a good hook into what's coming early, you know, when when all of that stuff starts to come our way. So, yeah. you know, hook them, hook them early. Give them little, little breadcrumbs every once in a while. That's good storytelling. That's good DMing. If I could land that as a DM, I'd be incredibly successful. But it, it's just like, okay, if everybody finished out the story, and your DMing yep. campaign and Vampires and Vitae or Wild Beyond the Witchlight is all finished and everybody thinks they're done. And you're like, you forgot something. You forgot to add in this little part of the story. And you're like, oh, everybody sit back down. I know you want to go ahead and get your drinks now and, and your everything's all great. But I got to go ahead and add this in there for the this, this last 10 minutes. And just like it seems like it it kind of took away from what was a good ending to a good season of Miss Marvel. Yeah, I, I, I get your frustration with it, but I, I can't imagine a better place to drop some kind of a tease like that, even if it does seem like it comes out of kind of left field, even if it does seem a, a little bit disorganized. All of those thoughts, I think, are completely valid. I think that you're right on a lot of levels, but I do think that there's a lot of us that are starting to maybe overthink some of this stuff a little bit too much. Uh, maybe, you know? and I and I sound like I'm one of them. Uh, you wouldn't be wrong if you thought that. And the thing is, though, with the way that Marvel has set up this phase four 
and it's been very confusing to general audiences and even fans like us at large as far as how this is all supposed to be piecing together for a secret wars or whatever they plan to go ahead and do in the near future. Hopefully we'll get a better idea a week from now or a little over a week from now when they're at Comic-Con. It just seems to me like you should have more your ducks in a row. The last phases, and I hate to go ahead and continue to sound like that old man up on the soapbox, but maybe I am an old man on the soapbox, but the phase two and phase three always had the ducks in a row. Everything seemed to be lined up so well. Even if it was a bad movie that you had to sit through, you always thinking that, okay, the cutscenes are going to go ahead, at least give me one that's going to tie into the rest of the overall arc of the MCU. And I just don't know what everything is being pieced together for at this point in time. It's outside of what she dropped, that there, she's a mutant at the end of Miss Marvel. It's just this whole phase of introductions and what is it pointing towards to, it really seems to be a little bit messier than I think Marvel allowed it to be. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, that's that's completely fair. But I, I still think that if the entire phase seems to be mismatched or rushed or disorganized they're probably doing it on purpose there's going to be some it's entirely possible that at comic-con they're going to drop something and it's going to make everything fit together and we're all going to be blown away and this will be a completely different conversation in two weeks okay i hope so i hope so my friend right it's possible it's possible it's possible we'll see what happens uh hopefully we can get an immediate reaction from both you and josh come sunday after what we see at Marvel, and hopefully we'll get a, a better description of that as Comic-Con comes this time next week. So we're definitely looking forward to that. But I want to hear everyone's thoughts on season one of Miss Marvel. Again, I thought it was a good series overall. I, I really thought that the insights into the Pakistani culture and also as well what we saw as far as from standpoint of not only in Pakistan, but in America. But yes, if you have thoughts out there on Miss Marvel season one, We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! Well, my friend, after that soapbox i will get off of as an old man on the soapbox thing let's go ahead and talk about something i know that probably entertains you even more than me on a soapbox and that is the chris's and we're going to hit a chris right now we already have chris hemsworth invading the box office with thor love and thunder now over 300 million dollars worldwide hopefully by the end of the weekend going to hit 400 or even more hopefully wishing the best for everything on there it isn't going to play in china like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and like several of the latest Disney movies. So I don't know about its long-term prospects. It might still sneak over. So I never want to doubt what's going on with Thor Love and Thunder because a lot of people still seem to like it. I do want to mention though with Thor Love and Thunder, I have already updated my latest MCU list as far as Gerald's Guide to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So go ahead and check that out where I put Thor and Love and Thunder on the countdown as far as where the MCU stands. But it is the Gray Man. It is Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. So 
I know I mean, I'm a already, lot. Of, I'm already bored of that movie. I can't imagine yeah, why yeah, I want to watch it. Exactly. So I know that my wife was around the house. Oh, is the movie on Netflix yet? Is the movie yeah. just wa- uh, waving herself, you know, as far as walking on by? Because yes, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans with the mustache are on Netflix with the Gray Man, directed by the Russo brothers. Two hundred million dollars. How can it miss? With the critics, yeah, with the critics, they were saying there wasn't much to see or do. It's getting a 50 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is a ouch rating so far. I am going to check it out this weekend and have thoughts on the Monday show. So I am still reserving judgment on that. But your thoughts on Chris and Ryan getting together and spies battling each other in The Gray Man on Netflix. Oh, I'm gonna give it some time. I mean, you know Ryan Gosling, he, he's a he's a fellow Canadian. I I Absolutely. feel obligated. I I must support. Of course. Um, so I'm definitely gonna check it out. And I know it's only because of your patriotism that you're you're doing so. Yes. The only reason is the maple leaf. That's it. Okay. No other reason at all. Okay, Trudeau would be proud right now. I'm just gonna say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it is the Gray Man on Netflix. Are you concerned when you see the advanced word is not too great, when you see the reviews are not very kind? I understand that this was a big gamble by Netflix and that they may not be doing these big gambles in the future. For a $200 million movie on Netflix, it is supposed to give big, what, we're talking three, four, five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred million hours of viewing on Netflix. It should do humongous numbers. Do you think it will do it on Netflix? Of course it will. Okay. Of course it will. And it, it will because of the star power behind those two names. Okay. Right? People are going to give it time. And people may give it 45 minutes and turn the movie off. That's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is they get the views that they're expecting and, you know, as many eyeballs on it as possible. Well, I agree with you on that. I think a lot of people, just because the name power will. I mean, Chris Hemsworth and Ryan Reynolds both have had movies on Netflix, right, that are geared towards Netflix that are not exactly the highest rated in the yeah. world of their careers. They can be said, what back in the day, we used to call them paycheck movies because back in the 80s and 90s, you would see all these big stars every now and then do, like, for instance, Sylvester Stallone, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Do you think when he got the script, he thought this was going to be an Oscar-winning movie? No, this was a big paycheck given to him up front to go ahead and do that. So, you know, it's not a comedy, really. Uh, yeah. Ooh, if, you saw, if you read that script or saw that movie, you understand <laughs> it wasn't much comedy in there outside of being so bad. It's so funny in a different way, but I will say that, you know, a paycheck movie or not, I really think I agree with you that I am checking it out because of the big stars that are involved. You are checking it out because of the big stars are involved. So I know a lot of people will be at least giving it a shot on Netflix this weekend. I know after the ending of Stranger Things, now that that's done, I know a lot of people are saying, what's next on Netflix before I go ahead and change my membership? I know they're talking already about partnering with Microsoft and doing a Netflix with ads, and that's coming in the not-too-distant future. But I agree with you. I think The Gray Man on Netflix is going to do big numbers, at least for this weekend. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't don't think that we're going to be very super wrong on that one. I think we're pretty close. But it is The Gray Man on Netflix. If you're watching it this weekend and want to share your thoughts on if it's a good movie to watch or if it's definitely in the gray, 
please let us know. <laughs> PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friend, being our vampire expert, what we do in the shadows has returned for season four on FX oh, and Hulu. Plus also Resident Evil. Speaking of Netflix, that series dropped earlier this week. Your thoughts on both of these before we head to the break. What we do in the shadows. If you haven't watched a single episode of what we do in the shadows, what are you doing in the shadows exactly? You should be watching it. It's a fun show about a group of truly terrible vampires. <laughs> really, that's what the whole show is about. They and, are really uh, bad at their jobs. They're so bad at it. But, but that's what makes it so much fun to watch because we're so used to seeing the super suave, slick, or even like aggressively terrible vampires portrayed in media so to get the opportunity to see the sillier side of unlife as nadia would put it is always a treat so it's it's a fun one to watch well and it is emmy nominated for the previous season season three because season four just started and was not eligible so this would be eligible for next year's emmy nominations but i do want to say it is one of fx's best shows i know atlanta i always talk about the Old Man, which just got renewed for season two. The Bear, which just got renewed for season two as well. That A lot of people have been talking about how good that show is. Deeper insight into the restaurant industry. So a lot of people have been talking about that as well. But definitely what we do in the shadows is something that Taika Waititi, even with the feedback he's gotten in regards to Thor Love and Thunder, and there's a lot of feedback one way or the other on it. I do think that he's been getting a lot of love for what we do in the shadows, overseeing that as one of his biggest successes. Obviously it emanates from the original mockumentary film that he made that really got this whole thing started. So yes, definitely one of his best successes that he's ever done. It's really, really good. And it's really, truly worth your time. Absolutely. I can't, I can't wait for the vampire nightclub to be the thing that the show starts to focus on. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait either, but always a great laugh. It is what we do in the shadows season four. It's available right now on FX and Hulu. I think the first two episodes are up for this week, but before we head to the break, it is resident evil on Netflix. Again, resident evil being brought back out for the umpteen thousand time to go ahead and bleed every dollar out of the resident evil TV or movie empire that Sony wants to go ahead and continue to have. It's a Resident Evil series on Netflix that has garnered, again, mixed reviews. I know that Josh, who is our Resident Evil expert, wasn't very high on it. He said he was still going to give it a try. So I'm waiting when he comes back from vacation to go ahead and hear his thoughts on that. But any thoughts on Resident Evil on Netflix before we head to the break? Uh, honestly, I think it's a smart move by the franchise to try to do a show and to put it on a service like Netflix. I think that's the correct place for it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it would have fit on like a Showtime or an HBO or anything like that. I think Netflix is correct. Mm -hmm. Is it good or not? I really don't want to be a predictor of that one. I'm not a huge follower of the Resident Evil stuff. Again, I'm not a huge fan of horror stuff. So kind of <laughs> explains my lack of interest in, in it there. But I think that the idea that they're going forward with with making it a series making it on netflix uh, i think that's the the correct path for it i think it makes sense i think it makes sense obviously sony and netflix have this relationship right now where sony puts its marquee ips onto that platform it's a win-win situation for them and a win-win situation as far as content for netflix so 
I agree with you on that. No matter how bad it is or what kind of reviews it is, it is still something that, you know, I'm sure Netflix will want to go ahead and put out there as something that people can watch and probably will get enough views to go ahead and sustain itself just by the fact that they've got a nice little side. Uh, one of their many sides of their network and their streaming outlet is the fact that they cater to horror fans' needs. And it's not just Shudder, the network that's out there that's catering to those needs. And I think that the horror fans out there watch Netflix and they do watch it in great numbers because of the fact that there's a lot of stuff for horror fans that are out there, even if you think Stranger Things tinges on that from time to time as well. So, yeah, I just tell you right now that it may not be for me for this Resident Evil series, but I will hear from Josh and see if he likes it, but we'll wait and see. But what are your thoughts out there on Resident Evil on Netflix? Actually, the series dropped this week. So do you have thoughts on the series that dropped this week in Resident Evil Netflix style? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we truly appreciate it. There's also as well PopCultureCosmos on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about Emmy nominations. We're also going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. What did Melinda get from Prime Day? And what did she think of The Boys as it finished season three? A lot of conversations coming up in the not-too-distant future right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. It is the goddess of everything vampire and Vitae, Melinda Barkhouse Ross, and humble me, Gerald Glassford, coming right back at you here. You love how I like the, you know, no, this, okay, okay. I keep telling you, I keep telling you, undersell so I can over deliver. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> gotta, fair enough. You got to work on that. Okay, <laughs> but it is, speaking of overselling, I want you to go ahead and oversell right now because it's shameless plug time. Okay, I know you went out this Prime Day, as many people did, millions and millions of people out there did for Amazon Prime Day and bought a lot of stuff. I bought some stuff. I know my girls bought some stuff for upcoming for school and for school supplies and outfits and things like that. I know we also went out to competing retailers that were also running huge sales, which is a great thing people need to know that it's not just Amazon, but a ton of other retailers were doing stuff as well. And we took advantage of that. I know I picked up another Fire TV stick right here, 4K, so ready to go ahead and install that on another TV here. But I know you got some good stuff to help out with your great stuff that you do. So go ahead and let us know what you did and where it's going to. Yeah, so I found uh, after scouring through and almost convincing myself that I needed to get a 42-inch TV as my computer monitor. (laughs) I don't know why I was trying to convince myself of that, but anyway, I didn't, thank goodness. But what I did get was there are these little lights. They're about 10 centimeters long, like this way. They're magnetized on the back. Yulonzi, I believe is how you pronounce the make of them, but they're handheld, but they do have like adapters on the top and on the bottom of them. So you can add them to the top of a tripod and Mm -hmm. then you can take your camera 
for your, your webcam and you can mount that right on top of the light. And I bought four of them to go in each corner of the table when we're doing our streaming because there's a couple of spots where I just can't quite get like to go properly and it's been driving me crazy. And these little lights just seem perfect. I don't think they're going to be intrusive. I, I don't think that they're going to, uh, you know, cause too much of a problem, but you got a pretty good deal on those. So I got two packs of two. And uh, I also picked up some new tripods because I have some tripods that are really, really short. I need some that are about six feet tall. So I ordered four of those for the new lights as well. And that was all part of Amazon stuff that I picked up. And it was all part of Amazon Prime Day. And what is it going to? Shameless plug. Oh, Vampires and Vitae. And I should <laughs> say Wizards and Wine. But because, again, there's just pockets where I can't get like to go properly. And, and you'll you'll see them creep up here. They should arrive by Sunday. I don't know if the lights are going to be here in time for the Sunday show, but my fingers are crossed that that's the case. And you recently also voiced over a character in a YouTube video that's done amazingly well. So tell us a little bit about that as well before we hit the next subject. Yeah. So Robbie and I joined a LARP group here in Las Vegas, which is live action role play. It's for Vampire the Masquerade. And we joined because we wanted a chance to network with people who were interested in Vampire the Masquerade. It was a chance for us to talk about our podcast, a chance for us to just to get to know more people in the community. And the uh, gentleman who runs the entire thing, organizes everything, really has curated a really neat YouTube channel that you can check out. Just search Desert of Shadows and you'll find it. And I got to voice a video that is about 13 minutes long, 12 and a half, something like that. And it's all about vampire taboos when you're talking about Vampire the Masquerade. It went out two weeks ago and it has 16,000 views on it already. 16,000 views for two weeks might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but to me, who's used to seeing like 12, 22 views on stuff, to be part of something that's hit over a thousand, let alone over 10,000 views, I'm really proud of it. Uh, worked really hard on it, and there's a lot more to come, I can tell you that. Well, congratulations to your success on that. I wanted to make sure I said that on air. I know I've said it off air, but I wanted to go ahead and make sure that everybody knew about it because I tried to hint that to you. I tried to throw those breadcrumbs last week. and, you, and yeah. I'm so bad at it. I'm just so bad at talking I about I might post signs. I'll post signs. Yes. But shameless so plug. Remember my golden rule. If you don't tell anybody about it, no one else Nobody will. Nobody else will. That's true. Yeah. I do, I do want to mention that there is a new episode of Vampires and Vitae tomorrow. Finished editing it today while I was at work. Shame on me. But it is a little bit of a different episode because we do a little bit of a power creep on each of the four characters. And there's a big secret that Helen has been holding. And it's, I think, going to come to light over the next couple of weeks. And it's a huge piece of information. So check it out, Vampires and yes. Vitae, Pop Culture Cosmos, but also Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts. Great show, easy listen, and some surprises on the way at Vampires and Vitae, indeed. There are but some naughty words, though, so just a heads up. Okay, naughty words, indeed, but, oh, yeah, that's so cute. That, that you just said right there, as far as the disclaimer, reminds me so much of the other story I wanted to tell you about. Okay, so I'm getting ready to watch Miss Marvel, the final episode of it. And Disney's so cute. They're so cute because they said, there might be some images that you might find disturbing before you watch this episode. And I'm watching the episode. And this comes shortly after I watched Stranger Things, Volume 2, <laughs> and The Boys, Season 3. 
And you're telling me you're watching and there's going to be some disturbing scenes on this PG rated Miss Marvel. I'm thinking to myself, oh, you're so cute, Disney. I love you, Disney. You're just so awesome for saying it. But it's so funny that they said that because the fact that, yeah, it's Disney. And it says, yeah, (laughs) coming off the boys and coming off of Stranger Things. And that, yeah, it was just like, oh, you're so cute, Disney. You're so cute. You're so cute. But speaking of what's on streaming or what's on television, it is the Emmy nominations. And before we hit the break, I want to go ahead and mention that they were announced this past weekend. You can see the entire list off our site, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. We've got a little place where you can go ahead and check out all the nominees from there. But was there anything that really stood out one way or the other? You know, Severance, which I have praised, he praised upon praise upon praise did get nominated as far as the best drama along with the other usual standbys as far as succession squid game which was not a surprise at all better call saul euphoria which was not a surprise at all ozark yellow jackets they've all got a lot of things going on stranger things of course as well but the thing that got me the most mm-hmm was the fact that Britt Lauer, who was one of the key reasons why the show succeeded, she got snubbed. And I think that she got snubbed in the Best Actress in a Drama Series category was because of the fact that it's Britt Lauer, and she has no real name value going into this series. No one knew who she was. And going against all these other name actresses, even though she was a heavy favorite to get a nomination, she didn't end up getting it. And she was a key integral reason why this series is as good as it is in its first season. So I was really upset about that snub, but I wasn't too surprised just because of the fact that she doesn't have a name yet that people were following. So, of course, they're not going to go ahead and mark it on their ballot. But was there any surprises or snubs that you thought should be noted before we head to the break? I don't know about surprises exactly, but I was happy to see Bridgerton nominated in Outstanding Period Costumes. Well, not necessarily accurate when it comes to historical stuff. It's a beautiful show to watch, even if you're not into that kind of stuff. You can watch yeah. and appreciate the costuming and all of that kind of stuff. I've appreciated that from Bridgerton for, since it started. I'm also found it interesting that somebody found something to like about the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I mean, from a technical standpoint, you knew that that would be probably considered for that because they do a good sure. job on the technical end. Yeah, it's sure. nominated for outstanding fantasy and sci-fi costumes. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I just had to throw that in there because I know how much you personally really enjoyed and loved that series. The Book of Slobo Fett, indeed. Yeah. But <laughs> it was all right, I guess. It was just, it's a slow, so yeah. slow. It, it's a slow burn, that one, for yes. sure. I mean, yeah. people are talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi being a slow burn to start with. I thought that was like speedy, speedy compared to what I saw with the Book of Slow Buffet. But yeah, be that as it may, I think that, you know, for the most part, with some minor alterations, like again, Brick Lauer, I know this is us, got dissed. So this wasn't us for its final season. So it, it got yeah. dissed on a, a getting a nomination. So I know a lot of people are upset about that. But I mean, it's a quality field. You look over there, I mean, it could have been a little bit more diverse. I think so. But still, there are a lot of great representations there. I know Ted Lasso, everybody seems to love. Again, I know Marcus De La Garza, the previous host, he absolutely loved Ted Lasso. So it's no surprise it got like umpteen thousand nominations. Squid Game got a lot of nominations. Stranger Things got a lot of nominations. I'm not surprised at, at the what I see 
they're representative of good shows. I don't think there's any like bad shows that have been nominated. So you can't say, oh my gosh, that why is this show on the air? When you look at the what's in there as far as comedy, as far as drama, as far as the acting, I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short from Only Murders in the Building nominated for the previous season. The quality is there. I know it may not be as diverse as everybody wants it to be, but it's not like there are performances and television shows on here that are bad. They're really good representations. The series, everything on here is really got a credit. Oscar Isaac, he didn't get nominated. He did get nominated, but he didn't get nominated for Moon Knight. I know a lot of people were upset about that as well. But again, overall, I thought Emmys, the Emmys, did about as good as they can do with some slight miscalculations. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I mean, no, I don't think that any award show is going to get it 100% right, even 65% of the time, let alone 80% of the time, I guess. So it's a it's a struggle and you know you you do want to see a lot of diversity with these award shows as much as possible honestly so i i get that frustration and i look forward to seeing what kind of stuff we're going to be offered up with these award shows in the future for sure i agree with you melinda i mean it's just such a hard thing especially on the emmy side even more so than the oscar side i think the oscar side especially since they expanded the best picture list I think that it made it a lot easier and left some things kind of suspect. Sometimes it, you know, there are choices there that kind of make you scratch your head. But with this outing on the Emmys, because they hold it to a certain number of contenders, and the fact is that so many streaming outlets have just multiplied the number of content, eligible content that's out there beyond broadcast and cable. Yeah, it just makes it so much harder indeed. So again, it's a no-win situation, but I think they did about the best they could. But it is the Emmy nominations. It is now available as far as in detail on a list on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Do you agree with Melinda and I that the Emmy nominations were, for the most part, pretty good? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, we still got a few minutes to talk about a lot of good things, including what you thought about The Boys Season 3. That just came to an end. I shared my thoughts on the Monday show. And again, I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was as great as one and two. Some people say it's the reverse. They think this was the best of all the seasons. I Again, I thought it's like going from a nine to an eight for me. It's like, okay, right. I thought, yeah, I thought both the season one and season two was among the very, very best. I still might put season three among the very best for this year it's still right in that range where it could fall in there but i thought it was it's like getting going from an a to a plus or maybe an a minus to an a plus it's it was good 
I mean, Hero Gasm was a humongous success as far oh as an gosh. episode is concerned. It is overall the best episode of the series, in my opinion. But the rest of it, because there was a little bit slower pace, because there was a lot of character building, made it for me like a really good watch, a good watch, but not a great watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I personally really enjoy watching the character development and, and seeing different facets of different characters. I will say on top of that, though, that I did not think it was possible to like Homelander less. <laughs> and they made that happen this season. The guy is straight up terrifying on the show. Holy smokes. Like, I think if I met the actor in person, I don't know that I would be comfortable. <laughs> and that's a credit to his acting, really. Anthony Starr, by the way. Yeah, so good. I think he so should have been nominated. He yeah. used something I should I think he should have been nominated for season two because season three was not eligible to boys just because again the run date. But season two, I thought he was outstanding and I thought he should have been nominated for that. But I guess the the boys qualifies as one of those shows that, yeah, even though it's really good and thought of well, I think just because maybe it's over the top gore and violence, maybe it's not thought of as, as serious. But then again, Stranger Things got nominated, so look at that. So I don't know. It just seems like a show like The Boys doesn't get as amount of love as I think it should. So I think that that's part of the reason there because of this over the top violence and gore. But, you know, that it is what it is. But The Boys is really good watch. I really recommend season three. Again, it stands up very well on its own. It's it's a really good it's a really good season. I don't want to disparage it in any way. I just think that season one and season two were a tiny bit better. Yeah, and, and I think that that's fair. But the things that you just said about, you know, people maybe not uh, being kind and, and giving the show nominations because of the over-to-the-top violence and, and all of that kind of stuff that's in the show, that's a big part of why I don't necessarily follow what critics have to say. Hmm. I, you know, I, I like to give things the benefit of the doubt, like the Ryan Gosling Chris Evans movie that's the gray gray man right yeah you know that that's why I give shows like that a little bit of time I'll give you three episodes if you get me to a fourth I'm gonna watch the whole thing hmm. um and you know the critics are there to criticize that's their job well, the terminalist which we talked about with Chris Pratt on Amazon you said yeah. you would give that a chance because it was really lambasted by the critics Absolutely. And that that's, a, that's another thing. Like sometimes the, the critics are there to criticize. And if they're not criticizing, then they're not necessarily doing their job. Mm -hmm. You know, so they have to find fault with something. And sometimes I think that the, the stuff that they point out is a little bit more in depth than your average viewer of the movie or the TV show or the book or, you know, the new web series or, or whatever you call it. I, I think that critics are there as a guide for people who are really into movies and TV, but they're not necessarily something that the average TV or movie viewer really needs to concern themselves too much with, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Again, I, although sometimes it's for me, it's a litmus test. If I know going in that this series or movie wasn't rated very well, then I can at least know that, okay, are they wrong or are they right when I go into it? Like with Thor, Love and Thunder, didn't get advanced reviews that were very good so i went in there okay at least i know that it's not beloved by everyone it's not universally praised so if i slam the movie i'm going to really feel bad in doing so with thor love and thunder i thought again the same thing like that but it just seems to me that 
when it comes to critics, yeah, sometimes they could be overly harsh on things. Sometimes they could be right on money. I mean, you talked about the Tomorrow War <laughs> last year with Amazon Prime, and I think they gave it too high a score, and that score was on, what, about 30 on Metacritic. So that movie was really awful, but that was just me. But then again, so many people liked it that they're talking about doing a sequel to it. So, you know, you can't it's, – it's one way or the other. So it's a matter of opinion either which way. So, again, when you're talking about critic culture, I know Josh really loves to harp on this issue when it comes to critic culture. It really is a matter of perspective on what you like and dislike. That's all I can use. You can go ahead and watch it if you want. And I'm always saying when I slam something or when I don't like something as much as, say, you do or back in the day Marcus or what Josh, I really want you to enjoy it. And I'm actually extremely happy when you do. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, you know, using your example of, of you knowing what the critics thought of Thor Love and Thunder it set you up almost to be underwhelmed by the movie yeah. when you're watching it because you're watching for the things that these critics have pointed out as problems. I'm not saying you wouldn't have thought the same issues were, you know, a problem in the movie. That's not what I'm saying at all. But just going into the movie expecting to be disappointed is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you know, so yeah. And Josh, again, has been a critic culture has been a major thorn in his side for years. And he said that as much on this show. But it was funny because he really wanted to prove the critics wrong when he came on the Monday show and had a review already set up for Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, his his uh, alignment and agreement with the critics said it all. I mean, he had shared his thoughts on it. Uh, he was disappointed. But if you want to hear more, just check out our previous show, The Pop Culture Cosmos. I was actually kind of disappointed in it as well. And it was kind of a, a letdown for me. I thought they went too much for the joke. Taika Waititi for all the good that he did in Ragnarok kind of took a step back with Thor Love and Thunder. But again, we'll see what happens because he's on the way to doing a new Star Wars movie. And maybe another Thor will lead to another Thor. We'll see if, if Chris wants to come back for another Thor 5. Because Thor Love and Thunder has set itself up for that. But go ahead, Melinda. I just have one more thing. So in my previous life, when I was back in Canada and I was part of radio, one thing that we got to do was go and host movie premieres. So I got to meet the, I, I don't really know what exactly their title was. So we're going to call them a cinematic representative for okay. each of the major movie companies, right? So like entertainment, yeah, all of that kind of stuff, right? So um, I was talking to one of them and I was talking specifically about, you know, the critic stuff and, and, uh, you know, people watching a trailer and being upset by what they see in the trailer and that it wasn't what they were expecting the movie to be and all of that kind of stuff. And he said something that I thought was really interesting as somebody who is for argument's sake on the inside of that industry, be it by that much, he doesn't watch movie trailers at all. And he doesn't really pay a whole lot of attention to what critics say until he has done at least a premiere somewhere at a theater. And then he'll go and he'll look at what the critics have had to say. And then he'll watch the movie trailer. Like he, he does it backwards and he does it that way intentionally. I hosted a lot of um, movies and worked with him quite a bit. And he, uh, you know, we were talking about the movie beforehand. I was like, so what are we expecting tonight? And he would go, I have no idea. I don't know. I know there's actors in it. That's about it. And he was never disappointed. There you go. That's the way we all should look at it. But then again, right. 
the people who make these trailers would be out of business and YouTube would be out of business because my goodness, we all love seeing trailers on YouTube. That's for sure. That is and true. Mention, and I'll mention one right now before we head on out, my friend, and that is the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. We actually had to keep on watching it and rewatching it and rewatching it just to figure out what <laughs> was being said on it because the latest trailer did drop. I was curious why they just didn't drop it on Prime Day. There's a missed opportunity right there. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Should have been right. Everybody is attending Amazon. Everybody's yeah. going to Amazon Prime. The best place to go to showcase and debut your trailer for your own $500 million series would yeah. be on Amazon Prime on Amazon Prime Day. But I'm not Jeff yeah. Bezos. I'm not running the company, but. There should have been a big old banner right across the top, even just to say, click here to watch the trailer now. They did that for the Tomorrow War. Remember all your packaging you got around that time? It was all Tomorrow War packaging. It was all branding on the top of Amazon Prime and yeah, Amazon.com. It was all, yeah, uh, just, yeah, need I digress on that? I'm sure come September, we'll be seeing lots of that more Lord of the Rings packaging, but the trailer itself. The fact that it's taking you back to the previous era of the Lord of the Rings before the Rings of Power got to corrupt men and the whole nine yards, which led into the whole thing with Sauron and Mount Doom. And of course, we know with everything that went on with Frodo and it went on in the movies that came after that period. But this takes you to the time before. And I think it's really going to focus on Galadriel. If you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings movies. No, it's not being played by the same actress, being played by a younger actress, because it is her at a younger stage of her life. And I really think that it's a good choice to go ahead and do so and to focus on her character, what she knows as far as the evil that's still impending, even though her peers are telling them everything's okay. I don't know. Just leave it alone. There's nothing coming down. Nothing's going on. She knows something and she knows something is coming up in the not too distant future. Yeah, she is definitely not wrong. Yes. Did we just spoil no. the whole thing? <laughs> well, it's a trailer right there for you. I mean, you can check it out. We actually have a link to it right off our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. But what were your overall thoughts? Did it get you more excited about the series coming up in September? Oh, geez. I've never read the books. Okay. I've watched the movies like once, maybe twice. I'll give the series time. But to say that I'm excited about it, like I don't know the premiere date. I don't have an alert scheduled on the day that the series is released in my Google calendar. Like I, I, I'm not that dedicated to it, but it's definitely a show that I'm going to give some time to And this trailer did show me a few things that I'm very interested in seeing how it's going to play out. Uh, I can tell you, I mean, it wasn't the book that did it for me. I told you I listened to the audiobook, but that was in recent times. That was actually in the past couple of years. I've listened to it on a plane flight for the most mm-hmm. part, all 18 hours of it. But what got me into it was the films. I actually was really brought into it. I actually saw in the theaters, bonded with my wife over the Lord of the Rings. That's how we first started really connecting with each other was over the Lord of the Rings movies. In fact, we have two daughters named after characters within the Lord of the Rings because of it. So it's just something that has made an imprint on my life that I really am looking forward to seeing expanded upon. So I am excited, truly excited to see I know that the actors that are going to be in the series are not the, the famous actors and not the actors I'm really aware of. I don't really care. I just want to know the characters that I were not familiar with before that are in the lore of J.R.R. Tolkien, the history behind it all. 
plus the ones that I am familiar with from the Lord of the Rings movies and basically the majority of the Lord of the Ring books, the ones that were old enough to be back in the day, younger period, the decisions that they made, the things that led to the events, to what we saw in the three Lord of the Rings films, and even to an extent of the Hobbit films as, as well that came after it, those movies laid an imprint on me, and I'm really excited to see from the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, exactly how it got to that point. So yeah, this is one of the few prequels I'm really excited to see. Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it some time. I'm not trying to say that I'm not excited about it or that I'm not looking forward to it. It's one of those shows, which obviously is a lot like Star Trek Strange New Worlds right now, which I'll watch it when I have a second and I can sit down and, and really take it in and really enjoy it. <laughs> okay, well, you will be glad you did it because it is so amazing, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. But I'm really excited for Lord of the Rings the rings of power oh isn't that your ring glowing i don't know is it like is that elvish on that ring you know is it like glowing i had no idea that the camera picked up that kind of detail yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) you might want to consider taking it to mount doom throwing it in the fire there you go absolutely (laughs) big shout out to rx night owl rx thank you so much for watching listening but if you have thoughts out there on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. And if you really are excited about what's to come with this series that's hitting Amazon Prime in September, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or anywhere on social media right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we head on out, my friend, one last thing I want to go ahead and mention is what I mentioned earlier in the show in that our good friends at Retro City Games this weekend is opening its brand new store in Henderson, 213 North Stephanie. It's the letter H. It's a big, huge new store. I've been told they're getting 3,000 new games that were not in the old store. They're adding on to that inventory there. So please go ahead. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson area, check it out while the getting's good. Absolutely. And I'm really excited because they keep moving closer to my house. Soon they're going to be in my backyard. I'm going to have an exclusive shop. That'll be great because you have all the video games that you can have because it got a tremendous library. Please, if you are into pop culture collectibles, video games, anything else, please go ahead and check out Retro City Games. Tell the great folks at Retro City Games, whether it's Antonio, whether it's Douglas, whether it's Nicole or anyone out there at Retro City Games, tell them Pop Culture Cosmos sent you. We'd love to go ahead and run their ads so much. We've been running it for years. We truly appreciate our partnership with them, and we wish them tremendous success at their new location. I will be there for the grand opening, so hopefully you will check that on the Retro City Games Facebook site as well. So wishing them all the best and continued success for them going forward. But Melinda, it's been a great episode. You've been tremendous. You knocked it out of the park, as always. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Wizards and Wine goes back to the ladies in Halifax. And with the shenanigans that the Las Vegas table got into inside of the Pixie Kingdom, is it going to impact the game with the girls in Halifax? We're going to find out on Monday, starting at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did it all start by Roger? No, actually, it was my idea, and then I ran with it, and then it ended up being a lot of fun. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Shenanigans, indeed. But also (laughs) want to give everybody a shout out. On Monday, the Demolition Force returns. Who will be a part of it? You'll find out what's going on as Roger gets back into the DM chair. 
one more time with Demolition Force and check out Mitch's great games on the weekend as well at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.